Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. You know, it's fascinating. Even ACOG and the CDC have recommendations that have been out for at least the last three to four years, specifically about preconception care and how they see that as the answer to our mounting uh, maternal mortality rate that just keeps climbing, right? Yeah. Because we need better preconception care because we know that even from an epigenetic standpoint, like that literally shapes the lifelong health of our babies. And so that's what I get really fired up about. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. I have Britt Anderson here with me today, ready to share her wonderful womb work magic with us all. She's a nurse practitioner with so many amazing certifications and credentials, just to name a a few, Mercier Therapy, integrative health coach. She's a birth doula. She's a yoga teacher. She's a lactation specialist and even CrossFit level one certified. So do y'all see why I like her so much? I'm sure you already do. Britt offers her clients a healthy array of services from holistic medicine to soul work and her renowned womb healing to guide women from preconception through postpartum and beyond. And when she's not working with clients, we can find her chasing her three young sons around, squeezing in a lifting session in her garage gym, trying a new recipe, traveling the world with her husband, or surfing PubMed for the latest functional medicine research. Frit, I am thrilled to have you here with us today. So welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. This is going to be so great. Well, I just want to dive right down if you're ready. And I feel like the mamas and soon to be mamas and just women listening to the show and they're like womb healing. That sounds cool. I feel like we'd like to get to know you as a mom before we even dive into the womb work and the science and the functional medicine. So like, what has your motherhood journey been like? Oh, it's been, it's been quite the journey. I always tell my clients that I I've literally experienced it all, you know, with my, um, with my clinical journey, like this, first of all, I was not actually convinced I wanted to be a nurse. So I sort of got into nursing because I knew that I wanted to have a job when I graduated from college. I knew that I loved helping people. Yeah. I mean, I switched my major like four or five times. I think I actually am like super close to my anthropology degree as well. But then I was like, okay, practically speaking, when I graduate, I need to have a job. My mom's a nurse. My grandma's a nurse. My aunt's a nurse. Like that seems like, you know, a a good idea, right? Yeah. But I'll never forget setting foot on labor and delivery for the first time and just feeling this like wave of, oh, I've done this before. Like in some, like some part of me knew, like I've been here before and I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and yeah, so that just kind of guided my, my journey through the rest of my nursing education. And, you know, I actually became a birth doula while I was uh, in graduate school, you know, in my women's health program and started attending births, like right after I graduated. And I actually did all of my clinical rotations with midwives. So I got to do, you know, lots of pregnancy care. I even got to like be in the hospital for quite a few births, um, even in my clinical rotations was, which was not required for women's health, but because I was with Mm -hmm. midwives, I requested it. And it was just really great. So I had like this beautiful exposure to the birth world, uh, well in advance of my own motherhood journey. So I felt really confident going into motherhood. I even at that point, um, you know, had fallen in love with CrossFit and decided to become certified because I wanted to make sure that I could safely continue functional fitness through my own pregnancies. And then I just noticed that there was just a lack of education with 
uh, the coaches, it was kind of the responsibility of, um, modifying workouts was really put on, on moms. Right. Yeah. And so I wanted to be that person who could like help them continue to work out. Cause we know how important exercise is for a healthy pregnancy and certainly, um, postpartum recovery. So all that is to say, I went into motherhood really feeling like I've, I've got all of these tools. I'm so well-educated. I kind of like can check all these boxes and then my world was totally rocked when I, uh, I lost my first pregnancy. Like we actually got pregnant the first time we ever tried. So I was, you know, very surprised and then, you know, ended up, uh, having a miscarriage and it was, it Where was, was that in your pregnancy. I, so this is a really hard part of the story. We went and had an ultrasound when I should have been about like seven ish weeks and, uh, the heart rate was like in the eighties. And so the hard part was my husband is seeing a heartbeat. And so he's like, Oh, great. Yay. And I'm like, Oh, that's super low. Like this isn't normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went back a week later and, you know, the heart was like starting and stopping. And so it was just excruciating. So anyway, I, I opted to, um, you know, not do any intervention and I ended up miscarrying fully probably around the 11 week mark. So it was a pretty intense experience. Yeah. And you know, I had, um, at that point I was, I was actually working in the practice where I was also a patient and I had counseled women about miscarriages and I didn't have any idea what that experience could be like. I mean, I had full on labor to the point where I was thinking, okay, what would I tell my doula clients to do? And, you know, to cope with this, it was so painful. There was so much bleeding and it was just so far beyond anything that I had ever expected for, um, for losing a pregnancy that early on. And it just totally rocked my world. So that, um, that made me such a more empathetic provider. And I'm so I'm grateful for the experience because of that, because now I look back at the way I used to talk about miscarriages with my patients. And I'm a little bit mortified because really, yeah, because, you know, it's so clinical. It's like, yeah, well, you know, your, your HCG didn't look great. So the chances of this pregnancy being viable, you know, you use all the clinical speak and you know, I like to think that I'm a a pretty compassionate person. Naturally, most of us are, if we choose to go into this field, but, but I never told someone about like the, the grief that you could experience from losing a pregnancy, like in that first trimester. Cause I just, I just didn't even think about it. And I think we're not very good as a culture at really acknowledging that the second that you see that positive pregnancy test, you're already thinking about the life that you're going to have with this baby, right? You're already planning for all of the things that are going to come about because of this new life. Um, and so that was a really important learning experience for me. And after that pregnancy loss, um, you know, I immediately jumped back into working out five to six days a week, coaching CrossFit, also working full-time as an NP, like basically trying to just pretend like it didn't happen or just like I could go on with my life. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this experience. My body was like, Nope, I'm going to make you deal with this. Um, I can relate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I had this almost like, I I say it's like, it was like an autoimmune response, which we typically will see autoimmune responses manifest after pregnancy, right? That's a very common time for women to experience them. And so mine manifested as this horrendous, um, rash all around my eyes. That was like, I mean, it was so bad. It looked like I had some kind of like a, I mean, serious disease, but it was just bad rash. And I would have to take topical steroids. And of course, you know, I was in a functional medicine practice by that point. So I did all the food sensitivity testing and chemical testing and all these things. Um, I had, uh, suddenly developed like a sensitivity to gold, which I had never had any kind of an allergy in my life, but that was what was triggering the reaction. But that's, you know, because my immune system was so hyper regular or hyper, um, what am I trying to say? Just like, so upregulated, right. Just like very sensitive at that point. And so I ended up having to, um, take almost like a full year to try to like heal my body so that I could start trying to get pregnant again. And it actually took us a little while, um, to try to get pregnant again. So that was a very long explanation, but like my, you know, journey into motherhood was, was much more intense than I ever anticipated, but I am so grateful for those experiences because, it ju- it really shapes the way that I I practice and that I relate to to my clients today. So beautiful and has 
I mean, this has led you into the womb work that you do. So when, when do women reach out to you? I know your inbox gets flooded with women asking for support. So where are they at in their journey and what are they coming to you for? Yeah. So I have quite a mix. I have a lot of women that find me because they're having trouble getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. Uh, so a lot, and I, it's so funny because I always said that I really didn't want to do fertility work. And I think that's because in my conventional education, as an NP, you learn about, you know, all the different causes of, of fertility, like PCOS and endometriosis. And you learn about all the medications and, and the different like medication schedules that you use when you're doing any kind of like advanced reproductive technology techniques. And I didn't want to get into that. That's like, I really wanted to do preventative medicine. And so for me, I wasn't even thinking about fertility. And it's so interesting that I've come so first full circle where I'm like, well, if you can't get pregnant, that's an underlying indication that there's something else going on, right? Because fertility is an indication of your health in general. Um, and so anyway, I, I just never saw myself doing that, but because I was doing so much preconception work, uh, naturally women were finding me for fertility. So I do a ton with fertility. I, I do a lot, unfortunately, with secondary infertility, particularly for women who ended up having to have a C-section because C-sections can contribute to secondary infertility. So I'll see a lot of women who are, um, having trouble getting pregnant with their subsequent babies. Mm -hmm. And, and then I also do a lot of work with just helping women heal postpartum, because as you know, there is like zero support for mm -hmm. postpartum women. We have one, you know, visit at six weeks that like 40% of women don't even attend. We don't have any kind of like standardized plan in place to support moms during that healing period. So, I, so especially for myself, I mean, I am just about three years postpartum with my, my third son. And I am just now feeling like I'm crawling out of the postpartum hole and, and I have all the resources and education and, and know the things to do. And I'm still just like starting to find my balance. Um, and I think it's really important that women have that kind of support. So I spend a lot of, um, a time and energy with postpartum moms. You talk about fertility being a vital sign. Can you explain a little bit more? And then I want to cruise into secondary infertility after that. This is like such good information. Yeah. So, you know, your, if, if you are able to get pregnant, that's an indication that all of your hormones are where they need to be more than likely your micronutrients are where they need to be. And, you know, I always tell people that it's also a really good indication of the state of your nervous system, because if your body is constantly, and, you know, we, we always talk about, um, fight or flight or rest and digest that sympathetic versus parasympathetic, which I think is like a, a big oversimplification of the nervous system. But anyway, if we are constantly in that, that upregulated sympathetic nervous system, our body is not prioritizing fertility. It is, it is diverting resources to making sure there's enough sugar in our blood so that we have the energy to run away from the bear that's chasing us. You know, it's much more focused on, um, yeah, putting muscle or, um, blood flow out to our muscles. Like, so we can fight it's not putting any resources towards, um, balancing out those sex hormones because fertility is not what you're prioritizing again, when the bear is chasing yeah. you. And so I think that's a really good indication of your overall health. And yes, there are some people that are absolutely going to need some kind of an intervention, whether that is an IUI or IVF. But my thing is let's get you as healthy and optimized as possible so that those interventions have the best chance of working because the overall success rate for, um, advanced reproductive technology, as we call it is like 25%. And it, of course it varies by age, but it's not very high. So why would we not do everything we can to get you as healthy as possible so that those things have a chance to work or you get pregnant on your own because we've optimized your body's system so they can do that. I've watched my, I want to say my peers, it's a lot of women just in my age group or nurses I used to work with, or just whoever of, you know, come out on like social media and talk about their infertility and talk about their journey. And I mean, I support them, commend them for doing IVF, if that's what their body and they feel is best. What I'm hearing is common is they're never given another option. It's just like, okay, you have infertility, try for six more months and then come back and start this, but there's no, there's no other plan. 
And I want to jump into the IVF and go deep. And I also, I want to just noodle back to the secondary infertility of like C-sections. You said something really important and I feel it in my body. There's someone listening who needs to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you have any kind of a surgical procedure, your body's way to heal is to create scar tissue. Makes sense. The body is brilliant. She's never doing anything to harm you. She always is trying to just keep you safe. That's all she knows how to do. And so the body goes in and creates, you know, scar tissue, which basically acts like cement. And so what can happen is if you think about your womb space and you think about like your peritoneal cavity, like all of your organs and everything should sort of be able to like flow in that like watery, you know, part of your body, like everything should be moving. Right. Um, you even think about your uterus and your ovaries change position in, in depending on where you are in your cycle, just under the influence of all those hormones. And that makes it easier for you to get pregnant, easier for the sperm to make their way, you know, up into the uterus and to the, the egg to fertilize. Well, if you think about where that incision is right over the uterus and in the uterus, that, that scar tissue has now gone in there and created um, restriction in the pelvis basically. And this can also happen, you know, if you've had endometriosis, for example, that's what's happening is there's all these little adhesions now within that pelvic cavity that prevent that normal mobility of the reproductive organs. And so that is one thing that, that we can see. And so the technique that I do is really to go in there and optimize the mobility of the organs and optimize blood flow, because we're breaking up those adhesions. We're breaking up the scar tissue. And then I even see, because with C-sections, I mean, that is a major, major surgery. Women are so afraid to even like breathe down into that space. So what happens is they start this very shallow breathing um, pattern that then just becomes ingrained in them because they never essentially turn those pathways back on. Like once you've gone through birth and I tell this to my clients all the time, no matter how beautiful and wonderful your birth was, it is a trauma to your body. And so the way that our body deals with trauma is to essentially shut down the connection between our brain and that physical space. And so if we haven't taken the time to like re-engage that pathway and usually by breath and also by like touching our scar, most people don't want to touch that incision because that's, you know, emotional and also it hurts. And there's just so much layered in there. If we don't do that, then we never reestablish that connection. So now we start going about our daily lives and we never reestablish connection to that space. And so that has, you know, implications for our hormones and of course our nervous system. And then just like on a physical level, we're not actually getting good blood flow, um, to that whole area. So it makes sense that function would be compromised. Yeah. And so IVF can come into play first baby, second baby. We see women all across the board using it. And we, I was talking about like my peers and seeing this journey of women, it's like, just try. And then here's your first option. Where does IVF come into play for you? And what is your thought process and recommendations for women who are wanting to conceive? So like I mentioned, I am really big on preconception. And the reason that I even got into preconception work was because when I was very new in functional medicine, I was seeing a lot of women who normally were on maybe like baby number two or number three. And, you know, these days, most women have their babies relatively closer together because most of us are waiting a little bit later in life. And the problem with that is that we normally have like a decent amount of nutrients, like in, on our bodies ready to make that first baby. Cause of course we're, we're using all of our nutrient stores and um, bone tissue and everything to create this whole new human But what ends up happening with each subsequent pregnancy and then potentially breastfeeding journey is moms get more and more depleted and there's no replenishment or there's not adequate replenishment happening. And that also goes back to our really crappy postpartum care and the fact that we don't really guide women on that journey. Right. And there's also in our country, no recommendations about birth spacing where in a lot of other countries, there are pretty solid recommendations. I mean, the the data really shows that the optimal birth spacing is like two years from birth to subsequent conception, because we need that time to replenish. And, and that's just not happening. So anyway, I was seeing all these women who were coming to me saying like, I, you know, I feel like crap. I'm so fatigued. I can hardly take care of myself and my children. And my doctor has told me that I have postpartum depression and I, I need to go on, you know, this medication and 
if you need to get on an antidepressant medication, I am never opposed to that. But also I refuse to ignore all of the other foundational things. So like, are you sleeping? Do you have a support system? Are you eating? You can't just like go all day living on coffee. And then you just eat your toddler's goldfish crackers that are left over from his (laughs) life. You know what I mean? Like, of course your body's not going to do well. So, you know, I would draw basic things like there be 12 level and their vitamin D like super easy, basic things that of course are in the toilet and you start to replenish their nutrients and all of their symptoms get better. So all that is to say, I started realizing, okay, if I can just get to these women during that preconception stage and really help them solidify some of these healthy habits, it's going to be so much easier to carry that over to postpartum. And that's going to impact their health, their baby's health, like literally impact generational well-being, Right. So, so that's really where my focus was. And so, you know, it's fascinating, even ACOG and the CDC have recommendations that have been out for at least the last three to four years, specifically about preconception care and how they see that as the answer to our mounting uh, maternal mortality rate that just keeps climbing. Right. Yeah. Because we need better preconception care because we know that even from an epigenetic standpoint, like that literally shapes the lifelong health of our babies. And so that's what I get really fired up about. Um, and so, yes, I, ideally I would love to start working with women like six months before they're ready to start trying to conceive, like, let's get in there. Let's optimize these things a year is even better. Um, but unfortunately I feel like that, that message hasn't really, uh, gotten across. Like I'm trying so hard to get it out there, but what ends up happening is women have been trying to get pregnant for a little while and they're not having success. So then they come to see me and then I'm able to say, Hey, Let's do everything we can to get you as healthy as possible. So you are ready for this pregnancy and, you know, this birth and postpartum and everything that goes along with being a mama. So important. And last week's episode, I talked about even our, our hormones and how you, when you get a traditional physician or nurse practitioner to look at your hormones, they're like, oh, they're fine. But there's like so many things we can do to support the body. And just with nutrients, with hormones, with lifestyle, thank you. You're getting your message out. I can hear it loud and clear and I can hear it echoing across the world to women who need it. So thank you. Um, Oh, I just, to answer your IVF question though. Yeah, sure. That can be a part of the conversation. And I always tell women like, go and have the console, get all of the information. But what kills me about the IVF experience is like, okay, you know, say they go in and they, they look at some of your markers and they say, maybe your estrogen is off or something's going on. What I have very commonly seen in my clients, and and this is true for so many women is this estrogen dominance issue, right? Well, it makes them respond kind of funny to the IVF meds, to the stimulation. And okay. If you've got someone who has got compromised estrogen metabolism, And then you go and pump them full of all these IVF drugs. Now they get pregnant. Well, pregnancy obviously is a state of lots of estrogen, but these women still can't metabolize it well. Now we're setting them up for gallbladder problems, potentially blood pressure issues. So like now we're into this whole cascade of events that could potentially cause complications with their pregnancy. And like the, the, the issues that were contributing to the infertility in the first place didn't get resolved because they got pregnant through IVF. Right. So now we have this baby, um, but all those underlying health issues were, were never addressed. Right. And that I think is the piece that is so important to, to consider. And mama's pumped with through, you know, her body through with hormones. Some of them are synthetic. And then just like you said, it's Hey, we've got baby, we've got pregnancy, we have delivery and then just crash. Like sh- there's nothing else for her after that. And she's like, Oh, I feel terrible. I feel terrible. And I, and so many of them like, well, why can't I connect to my baby? I wanted this baby so bad. It was such a journey. And now I have this baby in my arms and like, something is wrong. Like I'm not able to, and it's not her. It's the fact that she had was pumped full of all the hormones. She didn't have a lot of support from like the emotional standpoint. Right. And that spiritual connection, like there's just so many pieces. And then of course she has no postpartum support. Right. So it's just like, oh my gosh, we're really missing the boat here. This is so important. I, we could just keep going and going and we will.
This information is so, so good. I bet your mind is totally blown. Am I right? But the one thing that I have seen so many women need through my decade of experience helping moms as a nurse, as a doula, as a nurse practitioner, women need unbiased, empowered information and community to have their best birth outcomes. I want to invite you to experience my custom holistic pregnancy program inspired by my spirit baby. As I described in this show, the I am woman program, the sequel in this program, you're going to experience several different classes, your low intervention birth and labor land roadmap, hospital to home birth, ask the midwives, anything, what happens, why birth is holy as you become a channel from heaven to earth, your hormones pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and postpartum, breastfeeding basics, your baby's gut health, and your nutrition. Ask a doula anything, how to hire the right one, questions dad will ask during birth and pregnancy, and the postpartum period, including energy healing prep for your birth. You can take this program as a live class at your own pace, or you can do it at a self-study. You will walk away with tangible resource guides that you can print, scribble on, use, prepare during your pregnancy and birth. Your labor roadmap guide, when to go to the hospital or call your midwife, low intervention algorithm, breastfeeding beyond basics ebook, hire your dream birth team kit, pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding nutrition guide to help you and baby. Plus, this is my most favorite part. I made a tranquil labor and pump up pushing phase playlist for you mamas on Spotify for you to have in the birth room. And then also I prepared pregnancy and birth audio tracks that are going to be helpful during labor prep and even on your birthday. So click on the link in the show notes for more information or go ahead and hop right in by registering for the course. It's only $444 and payment plans are available. So if you're interested, don't wait, grab one of those limited spots. And now let's get back to this week's episode. I want to ask a specific question that I know you are an expert on. Where do circadian rhythm, dis- circadian rhythm disorders come into the fertility journey for women? Yeah. So I was actually so fascinated about this. Um, there was a paper, I want to say it was published in 2021 and I believe it was an Italian researcher and we can link it in the show notes so people can read it. But basically they found that the single biggest factor in female driven infertility was circadian rhythm dysregulation. Isn't that crazy? And you know, because women we have 50% more genes that respond to rhythmicity than men. Like we are literal mirrors of the natural world of the cycles and seasons. And so for us, it is so easy for our hormones to get dysregulated when we're not living in tune with the natural world, which most of us are not. Um, And, you know, I'm sure you talk about this all the time, but we women, our hormones change every day of the month. It's this beautiful lunar rhythm that we follow versus the male rhythm, which is, I mean, basically testosterone and cortisol, which follow the sun. And so it's, it's resetting every 24 hours and our hormones are just not like that. And it's why in ancient times, women were literally like the timekeepers because everything in like the village and the community, like revolved around the menstrual cycle and the moon cycle. And, you know, us as reflections of the natural world, which is just so beautiful. But because of that, we are so susceptible to illness when we are not living in that circadian rhythm. Yeah. And now we're just like hormonal moody women on their cycle brushed under the rug. <laughs> and we're like, literally, like you said, the timekeepers and the, our bodies are amazing. And it's time like that we are rising up. I feel that we are as, as a absolutely, human, as, absolutely. As a gender we are. Uh, okay. So you had this experience as a mom, you have a ton of education and I'm sure everyone listening is like, she's so smart, including me. And then you're like, I'm going to do womb healing and I'm going <laughs> to do it in a different way. Tell me about this journey. And I know one of the first things I asked you, because I'm familiar with Mercier therapy, that was just the, the understanding that I had. And then you were telling me more and I'm like, no, no, no. Like she does womb healing in a brand new way. So can you tell us more? Yeah. So, um, I had a really beautiful experience where 
maybe, maybe you've experienced this too. Like, I know I came here to be a healer and that's really, you know, I'm here to help empower women to heal themselves. And so, uh, I had this moment where I was like, I was not supposed to follow this path. I'm not supposed to be a nurse. Like, I don't, I don't believe in any of the um, practices that are so commonly prescribed in conventional medicine. Like I just, I can't believe that I, you know, went down this road, I should have done something else. And so I stepped away from clinical practice for a little bit while my, I think my oldest son was like six months old. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on, you know, pre and pre and postnatal fitness training. And so I ended up working with this organization and we actually trained birth professionals on how to create like a collaborative care team to best support moms, which is so cool. So I ended up working with amazing chiropractors and PTs and, um, we had a couple other nurses and like through that, I just, and, and I was also doing the fitness coaching. So what I loved so much about that is getting to put my hands on people. And, and that's one of the cool things I learned from chiropractors. Like you get to make change in the body by putting your hands on people which is as nurses, like we don't, we assess people, of course, with our hands, but we're not actually treating people with our hands. So I just got to thinking, man, I want to be able to incorporate some kind of like physical touch into my treatment plans. Like how do they do this? And I had heard about, um, Dr. Mercier, uh, on another podcast that I, you know, our podcast that I had been listening to. And I was so skeptical because she talked about how she had created this visceral manipulation technique and she had like a over 80% pregnancy success rate. Cause she specifically created it for fertility. So it's actually about four, it's been four years since I got trained, but I literally signed up for that training because I was so skeptical about those results. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go and see what this is about. And like, I don't actually believe in this, but you know, it will be a, a way for me to incorporate physical touch and that kind of treatment modality into my clinical practice. Um, And so I went and I did the training and it is very, like her technique is very clinical. Um, and we all, you know, all work on each other in the training. And I remember being so angry because I was, you know, four years post C-section at that point. And I had done a lot of work on my scar and, you know, all of the, I'd seen every provider, all the PTs, all the chiros, like all these people to help me heal And having the work done on myself was incredibly painful, which meant there was still a lot of scar tissue in there. And I was so angry because like, I've done all the things. How do I still have so much scar tissue? And then also it was, you know, just really emotional. Um, So anyway, I started incorporating that work uh, like, yeah, so it was just about four years ago. And originally I was seeing like a lot of fertility patients and I, I started to, um, get like these downloads. I'd put my hands on people and I would all of a sudden like get these like messages come through. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I can't like say that out loud. That's crazy. And so I sort of just, you know, didn't really acknowledge it for a long time. And then I got pregnant with my last baby. Mm -hmm. And so I was very pregnant with him during, during the pandemic. And I would, and you know, the beautiful thing about pregnancy is your intuition is even more heightened. Oh, I'm so happy to hear. Yeah. It's just the coolest thing. So, um, like just prior to getting pregnant with him, we had lost my dad to cancer and, you know, I, I had wanted a third baby, but we kind of held off. Cause I was just, I was not in a, an emotional state where I felt like I could go through that. So I started meditating every morning and asking my baby when, he, when they wanted to come. And it was like, uh, I want to say it was October um, of 2019. And I very clearly heard from my baby, like I'm coming in January. So of Mm. course I get pregnant in January and it's, you know, beginning of 2020. And then we go into lockdown. And so I practiced with him in my belly this whole time. And so it was so amazing is I would be working on these women and I would get these messages come through and I would be like in my head saying, I can't say that out loud. This poor woman is going to think I'm crazy. And my baby Lachlan is his name would start kicking me and he would just kick, 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 kick until I would like say whatever it is that needed to come through. And every single time it was spot on. And even then I'm like questioning this, like I'm having this very like blatant, like spiritual experience. And even then I was questioning it. Um, 
So it ended up being such a amazing experience. And that kid, I mean, he is magical. He told me, you know, what he wanted his name to be. He told me when he was going to be born, which I was in denial about, like, it's just been a really cool experience. So, so since then that was, I kind of considered that whole journey from the time, like I lost my dad to getting pregnant and going through all of that. It was sort of like my spiritual awakening. And so from there, I started to really dive into like the divine feminine work and incorporating sacred practice. But I didn't actually consider myself a womb healer until like last summer when I was literally sitting around with this group of amazing women and we came out of meditation and Kelly, who was sitting next to me that, you you know, looks at me and she's just like, I think that you're here to heal my womb. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I don't even know if I'd used the word womb before in my, like in regular conversation before. And it was just like this moment where I just like full body chills. I'm like, that's it. Like, that's what I have been doing. That's where all of the training and everything has been leading to me, but I are leading me to, but I just never had a name for it. So what is, I mean, we talk a lot about spirit babies on the show. So this was just perfect. Like you fell right into the groove of where we've been in our conversations. So what is it like when a woman receives a womb healing session with you and do they need to come local? Can they be virtual? Like what is your process and the best of our ability to understand without actually experiencing it? Yeah. So I absolutely use my intuition because everybody is, is really different. And so I, I love that I have a lot of different tools that I can pull from. Like I absolutely incorporate a lot of the principles from Mercier therapy, but because I have a lot of clinical background also in, um, just different movement modalities and other techniques that the amazing chiropractors and, and and PTs have trained me in, like I can use all the clinical stuff. So I'm definitely getting in there and breaking up scar tissue and doing all that. But sometimes I'm using acupressure. Sometimes I just really feel like someone needs to be led through like a guided meditation. I'm using flower essences. I have a beautiful, um, sound, um, or singing bowl that is like Mm -hmm. the womb vibration, you know? And so it just really depends. Sometimes I'll do a Yoni steam session at the beginning or at the end, Um, so I just, I just kind of try to feel into what that person needs. Um, and so I have people, you know, I mostly work with people locally. That is something that has to be done. You know, where are you at? I'm in, um, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so I have people that have actually come in from out of state who will come in for just like a, a weekend intensive and we'll do, you know, a couple treatments on subsequent days, you know, Nashville is a big fun destination city. Yes. So it's not typically very hard to convince people to come in and see me. Um, and then my people who are local, it just kind of depends on, on what they're needing, but you know, I love to combine the functional medicine piece and the womb healing piece. And and it's really different for everybody. I just started working with a woman, a woman a couple months ago who, um, you know, she's got Hashimoto. She's definitely has some functional medicine stuff that we need to address, but I could just feel like her spirit and her heart and her nervous system, like they just needed nurturing. And so we started with the womb healing, um, which I don't always do, but the change in her over the last two months has been profound. Like I can feel it when she walks in the room, like she just looks lighter. And she even was telling me about this yesterday. And so now that her nervous system is not so dysregulated now she's in a place where we can start to peel back the layers on some of those root causes that are probably driving her symptoms. And I feel like she's going to be able to like handle doing some of the protocols a little bit better versus if we would have just jumped right in there, she was already so stressed out and not in her body that I don't know that trying to do some of that stuff would have been as effective. Yeah. I, I'm in the pre- preconception stage. And I'm like, when in my calendar, can I go to Brits and <laughs> I will be there. We'll figure that Come out. On. We have a great Airbnb downtown Nashville and you can go stay there. And yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know there are actually quite a few womb healers now that I like actually can search for a womb healer. Cause I didn't even know what that was last year, but there are people that absolutely do, you know, virtual energy sessions. I just, because I really love doing like the clinical, like manipulation of the uterus and like really mapping out the pelvic organs. I feel like that has to be done in person, but sure. Like energy healing, I think is beautiful and wonderful. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get to doing that at some point, but yeah, I think the, 
the hands-on um, experience. I think it's just, it's really beautiful. And I think it's just really, really powerful. So incredible. And okay. So we know how amazing you are. We know what you do. This education has been really, really impactful. And I have a question. I'm just like, you went through traditional like nurse practitioner school. We both know how it was. We talked about it a little bit before we got on the show. And like when, see, what was that like going through regular medicine nurse practitioner school? And like, when was your aha awakening where you're like, oh, it's gotta be different than this. If we're going to really make a change. Yeah. I think I knew that, uh, going in, which was a huge blessing. Cause I just, I, I knew what I was getting into essentially. Um, so before, when I was still an RN, I ended up connecting with someone from Duke with their um, integrative health coaching program. And so I actually did their health coaching, which was one of like the first health coaching programs in the country, yeah. which was great. And now there are so many, which I'm so excited about, but um, I ended up doing their program before I started grad school. So I already had this like framework for what I wanted my practice to look like eventually. And I was in a group with, I mean, there were, that was the first time I'd ever been introduced to a doula. So like, I didn't know what a doula was before that point. And then um, you're like, I'm going to be that. And then, and then I was like, I'm going to be that. That sounds great. Uh, and then, you know, I connected with docs and nurses and, you know, therapists and yoga teachers. And it was just really, really cool to see this whole other side of, like holistic healing that I didn't even know was available. And so that lens that having that lens then, and and moving into my graduate program was really great. And, you know, because I was already an RN, my, um, my training was only, or my schooling was only three semesters. It was really fast. And my first semester I actually did, I, I begged to be, um, it at our integrative health center here in Nashville at Vanderbilt. Um, and that was really interesting because it was a lot of like yoga therapy, acupuncture, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, we weren't allowed to prescribe like a lot of supplements, which was very interesting. Um, <laughs> but we did, you know, a lot of the other holistic mo- modalities. So I got to be there for a semester. Um, I had like a brief stint with an OBGYN and then the rest of the time was with midwives, which was, was really, really great. Um, but yeah, the whole time, like in my, in my lectures, I remember we were doing a lecture on diabetes and, you know, you learn like the algorithm, if they get diagnosed and you put yeah. them on, you know, something for their blood sugar, something for their cholesterol, something for their blood pressure, because their risk of cardiovascular disease goes up. And I remember raising my hand and being like, are we going to talk to them about like diet and exercise and how type two diabetes is like very much in their control. And the professor just looked at me point blank and she's like, Oh, people don't change. Like you can go ahead and, you know, try something for three months, but they're going to just be back in your office getting medication. So don't and even like, waste your breath. They not change because we're not extending the invitation in the right frequency of like, Hey, like that you really can change your body. And because most, we know the system, we know the rhetoric. If someone's watching the show, they're not new to it, but that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. Right. And they could have reversed their diabetes or type two, not type one, but, but also that professor was incredibly overweight and unhealthy. And I do recognize like, it's, it's pretty hard to take advice. Someone who clearly is not caring for their own health. Right. So, but yeah, I was very, um, I was very taken back and, you know, I decided to specialize, specialize in women's health. I actually really wanted to do midwifery and my mother talked to me out of it, which (laughs) things always work out the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, but you know, in women's health, you literally learn how to write a birth control prescription for every potential issue, whether it is migraines or acne or heavy periods or whatever, right? You use menopause. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. You just put them on a birth control pill and call it a day. And if that one doesn't work, you just switch them to this one. And, and, you know, I was, yeah. So, so every time we had a group project or any kind of presentation, of course, I was always doing some kind of like an alternative. Yeah medicine, you know, standpoint. And my professors were always like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. And just like, Oh my gosh, we have access to so much information. You can get on PubMed and all this stuff is there. Why is no one talking about this? Um, so I'm really grateful for the foundation of like understanding pharmacology and understanding how to prescribe meds, but you know, I, I prescribe maybe one med a month, if that, and it's super rare. Um, so I'm glad that I have that foundation, but I'm also really glad that I was introduced to a, a different way of practicing. This is so good. And you talk a lot about in a, I would say subconscious way of 
the work you're doing with the soul, why you're doing this womb work, why you're doing functional medicine. And so why can we not separate the soul from this work with the human body? Where does that come into to play in your work? I just, um, I mean, it's everything like we are, we are divine. Like we absolutely are divine. I believe we are souls having a human experience and it is really tragic that we've gotten so far away from that in medicine, because I, man, especially if you do birth work, I just don't understand how you could possibly not believe in something greater than what we can see in the material world. When you watch a baby be born, like it is a spiritual experience, right? Um, and just the miracle of like the fact that a sperm and an egg ever are able to find each other, like all the things that have to go right for a pregnancy to occur. And then for those cells to separate and become a whole new human, like it is a magical experience. So, you know, I think I was just all, always more inclined to believe in the magic and the sacred and the spiritual. Um, and I'm so grateful that you know, the last four years have really led me deeper into this. Cause it's really been this this thing that has taken over our whole life. I mean, I, the sacred practice that I've developed since losing my dad has, I mean, it's part of our family culture. Now it has impacted everything about the way that I practice. Um, but unfortunately that's just not really something that's woven into our culture in general. Right. Um, and even, you know, so many of the women that I talk to, because I'm in the South, they've had so much religious trauma, you know, there's so much shame, especially in women's health. There's so much shame about sexuality and sensuality in our bodies. And women don't have any idea like what their anatomy even looks like, because it's like, you know, shameful and sinful to like touch your body and look at your body. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard to, um, to start to peel back some of those layers and help people heal from that. Cause that, those are the stories that I hear all the time. And that's stuff that I've had to even work through, which has been really interesting because I didn't necessarily experience a lot of religious trauma, but that's definitely in my lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just noticing like, Oh, that has been passed down. Mm-hmm. That is not mine. And so trying to like break those patterns and rewrite that for our family, um, has been really powerful and just starting to talk about that. So other women start to recognize like, Oh Yeah that is traumatic. And, and I don't believe in that. And here's what I'm going to choose to, um, bring into my family culture. Yes. And you talk about being a wild woman. And I feel like there's, we're, we're threading into this conversation of like, how can stepping into our wild woman remembrance or nature help us heal? Yeah. I think that, and for me, a wild woman is someone who is so in tune with her intuition and her inner knowing and that connection to like the wisdom that is literally in her DNA that has been passed down from generations and generations, uh, beforehand and, and finding, um, her own path, even when it goes against like what is, um, you know, culturally accepted or what the general, you know, generally accepted narrative might be, which I think a lot of women are embracing. And I see this particularly, um, with the way so many women are starting their businesses. You know, I chose to leave, I was, I was in a clinical practice that was pretty flexible when I started having children, but I just realized like one, I want to practice in a way that feels really true and authentic to me and the way that I want to serve women. And also I want to create a business that allows me to be available to my children as much as I want to be. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I have found a pretty good balance of, I definitely am not meant to be home with my children full-time. I love them to death, but I get so much joy and fulfillment from working with my clients that I feel like that makes me a better, more joyful partner and mom, but the ability to create a business that really supports my family in every season of life. Like that's such a gift. And I see so many women really following that. I just talked to someone today who's like her maternity leave is almost up and she's really feeling torn about going back to work. And I just said, look, you know, sit down and write out exactly how much you actually need to be making and how much you want to be making, how much you actually need. And you might be surprised 
that you can make that happen so easily. Right. And I think, I think we've just never been really shown that example, like, you know, from our, our moms in particular, grandmothers or who, or whoever. And now I think so many women are waking up to that. There is, there are so many possibilities and so many ways to create a different model that is much more supportive of us. And I believe it's going to be us as women who like go first and change things and have these wild women businesses of womb healing and functional medicine and, yeah. and say, you know what? Something's got to be different. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Brett, you are a gift. Thank you for following your soul to do this work so we could learn from you and work with you. So can you tell us about, I want to hear about your podcast. I know about it, but maybe <laughs> might not know about it. Your Instagram, your website, how we can find you, how we can work with you. And don't worry, I'm going to link all this in the show notes for those who are listening. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, I started a podcast this year with, um, my dear friend, Erica Boland, who is an incredible chiropractor and a new midwife. So she does community, um, based birth in Wisconsin and, our conversations. It's so funny because Jen, I think one of your mottos is like bridging the sacred and scientific, which is like yeah. literally our tagline. Um, and yeah, they're just conversations about all things, women, women's health. And we love bringing up the science and then also really talking about intuition and, um, and really tuning into the sacred to make choices that feel best for you and your family. Um, so that's, that's up there. We're on Spotify and I'm sure a few other places. Um, and we have a Patreon again, womb women, womb women, okay. womb women. Yep. And then I'm very active, um, on Instagram. It's Brit E Anderson. And my website is a womb And I'm, I would say I'm probably most responsive to DMS, um, on Instagram <laughs> as I think most of us are these days, but you know, you can always email me, um, just at Brittany at a womanbloom.com. Beautiful. Well, I will link all of this in the show notes. Is there one final piece, your message, something that's brewing in your heart that you want to leave with women before we go today? Yeah. I think that the greatest gift that we can give ourselves is to really start to listen to our intuition. And that can be so hard in this world where people are just so critical of each other. And there are, there's just this like flow of constant information and it can be really hard to figure out like, what is the right thing? But I think if we always run it through our internal guidance system, like you're never going to go wrong if you listen to that. And it's a practice. It gets easier and easier to listen to that when you do it over and over and again. So it's going to feel hard at first, but I just think that is the greatest gift. Yes. We can never lead you astray. Well, thank you, Brett. This has been amazing. And we'll see everyone next week. Thank you. How was that with Britt Anderson? I feel so fulfilled. It was so great to have a colleague come on and remind us all as women that if we believe there is another way, there is, and that our bodies can heal and our bodies can do incredible things and our connection with our soul to our body, even our spirit baby is such an important part of this journey. And if this message is reaching you and you want other women to know that they can heal and they can have the beautiful pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood experience of their dreams, please rate, subscribe to the show, allow other women to find us, and we will see you next week.